Hey guys, welcome to Bag and Boardcast, episode number 400. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm and, Paul. And I'm recording. Are you recording this time? This time? Are you sure? Yes, it's working. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm, watch, well, I'm watching the waves go up and down as I talk. Well, we're normally a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories from the past whenever we recorded last. Uh, then we follow that up with the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out 325-2020, cause who knows if there are gonna be any next week. And then we follow that up with our weekly or monthly rotating main topic, which this week we don't have a full body topic. We're just gonna be kind of having a little catch up session. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode, but it's also just been a while since the three of us have sat around and talked. So we're gonna talk about, you know, what we've been doing in this uh, crazy, crazy world that we're living in right now. And, uh, how, how it's affecting the things that we love. And one of the things that we do love doing is drinking. And it's honestly, uh, I know last one of the last episodes we had, maybe two, three episodes ago, uh, I, I said that I wasn't going to drink as much. And I've been keeping up on that. But I've actually been break- drinking a lot more. <laughs> oh, I'm breaking that fasting uh, now because of the whole stay-at-home thing. Uh, so, but I'm sure you guys are drinking as well. Chris, I know you just described your beer in great detail. So, uh, but that wasn't recorded. That was not so recorded. John, well, I recorded it. I know. But, John, what are you drinking? So, so uh, we know you're I'm actually drinking, recording. I am drinking from Beer Tree Brewing Company, which is a newer brewery to reach our area. A double pineapple coconut creamsicle New England IPA coming in at 8.8%. And holy cow, does this taste like a pina colada. The uh, coconut, the pineapple are really rich and pop in this beer. Uh, incredibly smooth. Super fragrant. You can It just smells like a pina colada. And uh, pretty delicious. I do not like pina coladas. Really? I don't either, but this is really good. They're one Maybe of the few just... frozen drinks that I, I really like. Really? Yeah. I. You know what? I, I don't know if I like that many frozen cocktails. Like a frozen daiquiri, I don't like. I find them all too sugary. But I do love myself a good tiki drink, which are pretty darn fruity and uh, sugary as well. But I don't know. The frozen ones, I, I just do not do not enjoy. But give me a good Mai Tai. Yeah, Mai Tai, a zombie. Mm. I haven't had a zombie yet. They're good. Because those are, like, usually... I've heard those are, like, super sugary. Like, because you got to have that zombie, like, base. I had one at um, Trader Sam's at the Polynesian Resort. I still remember anything about it. But I remember liking it. That's, That's the mark of a good zombie. It eats all your brains. So you don't remember it. And uh, Paul, what are you what are you drinking? Uh, I had uh, as we were getting together here and just talking and getting set up for the show, uh, Flamingo Dreams by Left Hand Brewery. Um, this was a nice light sour. It was a uh, a really nice refreshing. It wasn't. They don't call it a sour. They call it a blonde ale with raspberries and black currants. And it does taste kind. Of, it doesn't really taste like raspberries. It kind of tastes like that purplish red. You know, flavor. You know yeah. that, yeah, purplish red, not not red strawberry, fake red, but you know, 
that. Uh, red raspberry. Red raspberry, but not quite tart. Red raspberry, but a tart, you know, just an artificially kind of tart kind of thing. Yeah. It's easy drinking. It goes down real smooth. It's only 4.7% alcohol by volume. Nitro um, can. Yeah. It's it's a really nice, smooth, easy drinking beer. In that nitro, it goes down really smooth. Like, really, nope. Like, it's not flat, but that nitro, like, consistency, it's really nice. It's it's fine. Uh, I don't know how much it costs. I picked this up in one of those, uh, like, grab a grab one and make your own six pack kind of deals. So, I'm pretty uh, sure it's twelve ninety nine for a much. six pack. Six pack oh, tall six boys. Pack. Six pack tall boys. Uh, it's on the cusp. I was thinking nine ninety nine for six pack, maybe. But I think I'm living in the past with all my pricing on beer. So maybe that's unfortunate. And also, if I'm going to spend that kind of money on a sour, I'll probably buy something local. Yeah, eleven ninety nine gets you Berry Vision from um, Big Ditch, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. How much is Glowworm? Uh, fourteen ninety nine. And that's really good. Yeah, from uh, Blackberry Guava. Yeah, and that's from Thin Man up here in Buffalo. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, and um, my, still my favorite sour is Halt, who goes there, and that is uh, being, you know, as my friend John let me know, uh, is is uh, out now from 42 North, and that's uh, available at their drive-thru uh, beer pickup, That because just like in Florida, Chris, we're under the same kind of lockdown restrictions, where there, no restaurants are open, you cannot sit in a restaurant and eat, it's all takeout. And bars, you can actually that you can sell cocktails now here in New York, in uh, at least in Erie County, uh, but they have to be bottled and sealed. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Um, plus, I you know a lot of breweries are used to kind of getting beer to go with growlers or crawlers or you know refrigerated six packs. Um, I've been going to the local brewery that I have here, Dead Lizard Brewing, every couple of days just to help support them because they're keeping shorter hours again. You're not allowed to eat in anywhere. It's all to go only. Um, but one of the benefits of that is uh, they're actually putting stuff in crawlers that they normally don't. Like uh, the beer that I have, their Gila Monster Chocolate Coffee Stout. Uh, 9.6% ABV. It's a dark chocolate, coffee, vanilla, cinnamon, oatmeal stout uh, that's been aged for two months. It's fantastic. Um, normally, you can only get it in just like a... Uh, oh my gosh, I'm a tulip class four. Um, it's a little bit more of a premium beer for them. Uh, but when I saw that they were doing crawlers of it, when I ordered lunch the other day, I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to get one of those. Um, I'm just really happy that, you know, a lot of breweries are finding a way to push through this pandemic that we're going through right now and just try to keep themselves supported as well as, you know, making their product available for people that really don't have a lot to do. Um, as I said before, I've been going there every couple of days. I'll stop at my beer store and like pick up something too, but I'm just sitting around playing a lot of video games. Uh, so it's good to have something to drink. You know, it's, I've been off for like the past week and a day now. Um, looks like with everything that's happening, I'm going to be home for another two weeks now. So yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to enjoy my time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because like I, I still said, have to go to work. What well, you're I'm essential. Working. I am essential, and so is Paul. Yeah, it's so weird. I really don't think me. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel essential. And the places that I've been going to that are kind of still open, I'm like, woo, essential. <laughs> you know, like we none of us feel essential. <laughs> like I don't know. But hey, at least I get, still get to work. I still get a paycheck uh, with the company that I work and those for. Open those open roads, man. I get it's, to work like ten minutes faster. It's not that <laughs> I'm. I'm still surprised by how many cars are out there. I really see, am. That's that's kind of how Orlando is right now because tomorrow night, starting at eleven o'clock, we're going into essential travel only. So you're pretty much not allowed to be out unless you're going somewhere to get food or groceries. Um, I doubt that they're going to be pulling people over like or having like mm-hmm. checkpoints or anything for this. I mean, it's crazy, but driving around Orlando just it's normal. Like, yeah, there's less traffic because the theme parks are all closed. So you don't have a lot of like the tourist traffic on stuff like I four. Um, but yeah, it's looking out the window. It's just like a, a normal day here. Yeah. Uh, uh, my office, we printed out letters signed by the owners, signed by the owner with the um, exemption that we are, we fall under. So that way, if I do get pulled over, in my work truck that I would show them the letter and hopefully still get to go to work. So, uh, but we haven't done any kind of like essential travel only band as far as I know yet, even though Andrew Cuomo at each and every one of these press conferences or uh, updates that he does. And is he getting angry and angrier at people? <laughs> it's like, we are not flattening the curve. The curve is going up too high. Yeah. Well, we had like five thousand cases documented in like twenty four hours. Oh, he's becoming so much the dad that's ready to just pull this car over. <laughs> he's just giving off that vibe. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, can't. Yeah. Uh, well, we're testing more too, so we knew we were going to get more cases. Like, right? Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, no. New York City alone is just like a. Breeding breeding ground for you know urine smell and uh, coronavirus. You know what's going to be really sad is I'm going to be going to work someplace, get into a car accident, and then can't get a hospital bed because the you know everybody's there already at the hospital for the coronavirus or some other thing, and I'm just going to die on the side of the road. Like that's how I'm going out. Like I've just made my peace with it. Like, you always got to be such a. I'm pretty sure that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> what is that noise? <laughs> it's my making peace with it voice. That's how it yeah. is. It's, it's that, or I'm going to get it. I love, I love like <laughs> like an ambulance stops and they pick Paul up and they're like, "We got to get this guy to the hospital." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, he's he's okay with it. Just throw him back into the ditch." <laughs> <laughs> Just leave him in the gutter. It's fine. He's he's made his peace with it. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. Yeah. I haven't made my peace with what? Everything's canceled, guys. Yes. There's there's nothing to do. Um, and granted, you know, everyone's trying to keep contact from person to person down, so everything's closed. But man, even 
movies that are coming out in May, you know, postponed, pushed back. You know, we've already got word that a lot of the big stuff that we would wind up talking about for our movie bracket, you know, delayed. And, like, there's no end date in sight for it. Yeah, yeah. Black Widow. I, I mean, was Wonder Woman. One of the ones? Movie brackets canceled, boys. Movie brackets canceled. Well, and I, I thought this this was the year that we were actually going to be able to talk about uh, new music. <laughs> <laughs> we just got pushed back again. Uh, it's kind of weird that tr- God just honestly, does not want that movie to come out. That's what <laughs> that's what this is. Only twenty percent of all theaters in the United States are closed because we are living. We're all of us here. You know, John and John and I live. You know, in the same metropolitan area. Chris, you live now in Orlando. But, uh, and so we're the ones that are, New York is the hot, New York State is the hot, is the breeding ground of this coronavirus right now. And Florida is taking a lot of measures as well. But a lot of states in the United States are still living as normal. So you know? actually, I think you might want to take a look at that, Paul, because everything's shut down. I know. No, there's like I, no. I think a lot of no movies businesses are making. I know the movie theater because of that. We live in highly popular in California, so the most populated areas are shut down. But theaters are still open, and Trolls, or yeah, Trolls Two World Tour is still coming out. No, uh, no, it released to digital. Theater owners are mad because it got released to digital, but instead of coming out in theaters. I was giving blood yesterday, and I saw advertisements that said in theaters and digital release on the same day. I don't know, because if you even go to Box Office Mojo, the last time there was uh, daily numbers available for movies coming out was Thursday, March 19th. I see. I was just at the blood donation drive. Yes, you know, getting Uh, pumped. The latest weekend numbers are from Phoenix and Oregon, uh, Phoenix, Oregon, which is like a small movie that made $3,000 opening in 17 theaters. Everything's shut down. Like, there's, there's no movies coming out. There are no. Yeah, the U.S. box office is shut down. Hmm. China's theaters could reopen. Why did the the advertisement tell me that I could say World uh, Trolls World Tour in theaters? I think because um, I believe drive-throughs are still open, but they're closing concession stands and bathrooms. Hmm. So you'd have to go and just stay in your car. Yeah, the uh, latest daily is from Thursday the 19th. Onward did $33,000. Invisible Man did 21000 Bloodshot did 18000 And that's it for actual, like, big-name movies. That's weird. Like, this is the first, because I, I saw an article about it. This is the first weekend since there was some earthquake in California um, back in the 90s that there is officially, like, no box office uh, numbers available because everything's closed. Hey, yeah. I, so all you people that decided to go I'm see... I'm sorry, I was so misinformed, yeah. but, you know, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, cool, like, at least... And then I heard the stat that it was only 20% of theaters here in the United States that are actually under, like, shutdown. And I'm like, okay, so that makes sense. Middle America is still going. Like, because, like, Wisconsin doesn't have any... Like, there's a couple states that still don't have any confirmed cases of uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. So maybe they're still going and under no lockdowns. 
So, but yeah, you're you guys you guys are right, and I'm told completely wrong. Even trolls too. Yeah, trolls too lied to you, Paul. It did. I watched the commercial yesterday. This is how fast news is traveling. So, all you people that the last thing you saw in the movie theater was a uh, Doolittle, I hope I hope you're happy. It's the last movie you're ever going to see. Oh, but that brings me to happy news. Is apparently Robert Downey Jr. like lowered his asking price to be Iron Man because of how bad Doolittle has done. He's like, oh, maybe it's not just my star power. Maybe it's the role I was playing. So apparently he's in negotiations uh, with uh, Disney slash Marvel to to return as Iron Man in some form or capacity in future movies. Oh. Uh, so I think he really just enjoys that uh, that role. Yeah, it's probably just a case of he had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even something that we'll probably talk about a little bit later once uh, we get around to the list, but even Diamond, the largest comic book distributor in the country, is shutting down. So this week, uh, comic books actually came out on Monday. Um, oh. Yeah, but next week, there's there's no releases. That, that kind of gets into the news of, like, Dan DiDio leaving... DC, all of a sudden, kind of fired, kind of, we still don't know exactly what happened. I know that uh, we talked about it just, you know, over Messenger, and it looked like Ethan Van Skyver even said no, he was kind of forced out, and that if this next uh, initiative, the 5G, you know, because whatever, uh, doesn't really work out, if this doesn't you know, bring people back to reading these side comics, they just might shuttle or just shunt the whole uh, DC Comics line. They might just shut it down and just not really produce comics, maybe uh, have their have some other company produce the comics for them. I, I saw some yeah, and I saw some news thing that said that Marvel might even just they could even buy them which would be crazy. Yeah, it seems more like they would do, like, what? Like they would go license their their characters would be licensed characters, and that would be it. Which seems so backwards to me, seeing as the Marvel Cinematic Universe is based off of recent comics. You know, it's not like they went super far back for a lot of the comic books. I, you know, the movies, you know, they didn't go all that far back. You, granted, the 80s for Thanos, you know, late 70s, early 80s for Thanos. But uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, the best of the movies, you know, went to the early aughts. Like, you know, it, it seems like that should be your development house. And... I'm surprised that uh, they're not able to turn... I'm guessing they're not able to turn enough of a profit. That, so they're deciding, you know, it seems like they're on the edge. Yeah, it's... It would be awful to see him go. But, I mean, I... There's not a lot of... 
books I'm buying from either of the mm-hmm. the big two. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it's just like uh, I with DC, it was the things that I loved about those characters I wasn't really getting anymore, or I'd get trickles of, and then they would kind of disappear pretty fast, or just didn't enjoy something about them. And, I mean, Marvel... Marvel to the same point. There's times that I've really liked a book, but it's not often that I super stay on that book. Well, I think at both of these big publishers, I've been more interested in the books that weren't involved with the overall world of those universes now. Like... It's, they were all, you know, the ones that I've enjoyed most are the ones that are all telling its own story. And when I was really into the comic books, like, man, it was DC, and it was them telling the stories within the world. Like, man, it's been, what, 10 years since New 52? Or, uh, not New 52, but 52? And, infinite, you know, before Infinite Crisis, all those books that really had me going. And, like, the universe itself. The stories within the universe itself were so cool and so much fun. And it, all the side characters um, had me in it. Now it's just like, I, I just don't enjoy the overall vision, I guess. Well, I think you would see a refocus on that kind of stuff. I don't think, I mean, it's all rumors that they're going to be shutting down. I think if anything, they would probably cut back on the publishing before anything else. Like, you don't need all those ancillary books and stuff coming out, they would probably just take it more to like a back to basics thing before anything else. Cause some of those, I mean, yeah, they're not like crazy huge sellers, but you know, that's easy money that they can have coming in. So especially because even if they don't make money in the publishing, like it's still money coming in from licensing. I think a lot of this is just kind of knee jerk reaction to Dan DiDio being fired. Because who knows if he like five G is even going to be a thing that comes out anymore? That's true. Like it could just five G could just be done because that was you know Dan DiDio's final baby before he was removed. Like if it's just like a another like either soft reboot or like heavy handed reboot of it, and they're not happy with it or they don't have confidence in it, they just don't have to do it. Dan DiDio is gone now. Like it's. If nobody's championing it besides him, like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, I, I feel like DC's just been sitting on the fence about where they wanted to go in their with their universe of comics for so long. Like, they, it's felt like they've been treading water until the next thing for the longest time. And they just need to do something. Yeah, and I mean, they haven't had the... I mean, Marvel has been putting out these movies, which has been having people gravitate towards those books. You know, how many people probably picked up and bought Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man? Like, these movies come out, and they're a great point for people to go in and buy comic books. They've had, what, there's like 20 20 movies, 21 in the last 10 years, something like that? Mm-hmm. And DC has had five, 
six. I, I, you know, like, and they haven't been well received. Aside from like the crazy, like DC fanboys that still tell you, no, you're not watching it right. You know, Batman versus Superman is the greatest movie ever made, and give me the Snyder cut of Justice League. It's and even in the movies, they don't know what they where they want to go. Yeah, and I feel bad. Apparently, I, I I either this Birds of Prey movie is good or it's the worst. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I had Hollywood. I had fun with it. I saw it. I had a lot of fun with it. I went in with zero expectations. And I went in knowing that it's not my birds of prey. You know, it's not my huntress. It's it's not my Batgirl. Huntress Girl. is in it? Yeah. Mary Elizabeth yeah, Batgirl's in it? Well, not Batgirl. It's just someone named Cassandra Cain. Yeah, it's oh. not It's not Cassandra Cain. Uh, you know, and Renee Matoya. Like, I went in going, those aren't my... It's not my birds of prey. But I had a lot of fun with it. If they released Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey 2... I would go see it. Like, I had a really good time watching it. It was fun. You know, and I can't say that a lot with DC movies. You know, I Last Wonder thing, Woman, like, I'd... I enjoyed Wonder Woman. Last one I saw was Shazam. Like, I haven't seen anything besides that. Like, but I'm okay with it. Like, it just... Yeah. Nothing else has looked great, and... I think Marvel with Marvel Studios has made the push just to be like, no, we're going to make great movies. And, you know, we have a big picture for it. Like they're not trying to shoehorn things in. Like it's everything's still, you know, stands pretty well on its own. Like when it's like a one-off or like a standalone. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Shazam. I still haven't seen Aquaman. I just as like broke me over at DC. I'm like, I just don't. It's okay. Well, see, I didn't. Fine. I didn't it's see Justice there. League, so I was, I was okay with seeing Shazam. Like Shazam was a lot of fun. Like it's, it was fun. I really like. Uh, oh my goodness! Why can't I think? Zachary of Levi. Name. Zachary Levi. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I liked him in Chuck. I, I like him as a uh, Flynn Rider. Like he seems like a very likable guy. And guess you know, what? Not as like he, a, he brings not that as likable as Jim. He brings that in. He brings that in. And, he brings and, that and in. I'm sure. It, the thing is, if it hit Netflix, I would watch it. And I always forget that I have Amazon Prime, and I should check to see if I can watch it there. Maybe it's. A I think you'd have there. you'd have to rent it. But again, uh, renting it would be like two two bucks, two to four bucks. Yeah, it's or zero dollars with HBO trial on Prime Video channels. Okay. I think with the, one of the thing with the coronavirus, they're offering HBO for free. Something you know, if you have a cable subscription, yeah, they're doing certain packages and stuff. Yeah, I saw even Amazon's um, offering a lot of its like children's and all ages stuff for free streaming, um, and that's you know kind of one of the good things about what's happening is everyone's putting out a lot of content or new content or free content, like. Concerts are being canceled, but bands and recording artists are just going online and like, hey, listen to my music for free. Like, that's really cool. Even with all the Disney parks closed over on the Disney YouTube channel, they're doing like behind the scenes looks at stuff. Like they have a bunch of things coming out from 
uh, Animal Kingdom, where it's just showing like, hey, yeah, you know, parks are closed, but we're still here every day looking after these animals. Watch and see how we do it. And that's that's kind of the silver lining, I guess, is things are terrible, but it's forcing people to take another look at how they present things or how we consume content. So yeah. Really uh, Patrick Stewart is reading a Shakespearean sonnet every day till the everything's lifted. Um, there's just a thing, LeBar Burton, one of his shows where he like reads a book or reads a short story. Um, reading Rainbow? Com- no. It's got some other name. I forget what the name is. But he has like a, a show or a podcast, I guess, where he reads like a short story. And he came out to say like, hey, I still want to keep doing this, but it's fun. It's hard because the actual show is supposed to be making money or paying for licensed things for me to read. I haven't been able to find any free to read stuff. And Neil Gaiman said to him, anything I own, you can read. That's cool. Like people are just coming out and like, yeah, hey, read my read any of my works. Do this. I'll every day I'm going to read a Shakespearean sonnet. Like people are trying to make some type of entertainment for everyone. Plus, it gives them something to do. Truth. Yeah, and talking about Disney, you know, they actually put stuff onto Disney Frozen 2, hit Disney Plus earlier, and we're going to get Onward pretty soon. Yeah, Onward's going to be out uh, next week, I think. And then even Rise of Skywalker is hitting, what, in uh, early April. So uh, I think that was actually but, supposed to be coming out then anyways, because I already had pre-ordered my copy of the Blu-ray. Well, or, or do you mean on Disney, Disney Plus? Do you mean? On Disney Plus, okay. they moved it up a little bit as well, too. I thought it was already up on Disney Plus. No, it's available for rental, Rise of Skywalker. On yeah. Disney Plus? No, rental. View on demand. Um, so on Amazon Prime, you can rent it for 20 bucks, Or buy it for 20 bucks. Is it? So you, you can own it digitally, and then... March 31st, he can own it on Blu-ray, 4K, or whatever. And did he... Oh, talking about that, did you guys see that the Best Buy exclusive 9-movie 4K Blu-ray package? I was kind of interested in it, because like I only own them on DVD, like a chump. And I'm like, oh yeah, Blu-ray, you know, in 4K, or at least I get that. Dude, $249, though? Wait is it much. for all the movies? All the movies. All the movies of Skywalker Saga. And I, at which point I'm like, yeah, if I want to watch them in like, I guess, high death, I'll just watch them on Disney+. Plus. Exactly, <laughs> like yeah. Well, yeah, and what you got, I mean, that's nine movies. Nine right? movies. Yeah, and there's a bunch of special features and everything, but honestly, I'm not going to... But there's no... Um, I don't think there's any kind of cast commentary. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, like nine times twenty. If you think twenty bucks, it's one hundred and eighty there. So I mean, know. it's not too far off for a Blu-ray set, <laughs> you know. And I keep on like looking online about the Harry Potter Blu-ray set, you know, that had all the special features, but now it's way too expensive as well. Um, I, I missed the boat on that one. 
Have you looked at them for YouTube? Say what? Have you looked on? Uh, I said it backwards. Have you looked on YouTube for those? YouTube for the special features. Oh, the special features. Yeah, I, I feel like there can't. I, look on I feel like there can't be anything like. Yeah. Too mind blowing from it, like that you wouldn't be able to just see or read about somewhere else. No, well, I just wanted the for the Harry Potter collection. I just wanted them all on Blu-ray. Gotcha. Like, okay. It, it, together in the same kind of box, <laughs> which is stupid. I know. Yeah, it's it's a little stupid. <laughs> you know, just you know, Paul, and, Paul, do you own all those movies already? On, on DVD, like a chump. Except for one, which I own in on the Blu-ray, and every time I pop in the Blu-ray of the very last one, I'm like, this one looks so much better. But then I have to like convince myself. Paul, it looks so much better because it's released 15 freaking years That's later. also very true. <laughs> it's 15 even, freaking years. Well, because, Paul, even in that respect, then, the new updated version of Star Wars, like, the original ones yeah, are still gonna, they're still gonna look pretty rough. The prequels yeah. are gonna look even worse. Like, when I watched those on streaming recently, I was like, ooh, these, it, CG, just wasn't where and, it needed to be for that because everything looks just so plasticky and fake. Like mm-hmm. I can't even imagine everything seeing that, like, is CG in that. Yeah, everything is CG. Like, I can't even imagine that being like 4K. Like the clone troopers and stuff in those, they look like the clone troopers in like Star Wars Rebels or things like that. Like it's so mm-hmm. gross looking. I don't want to use plasticky well, pl- again, but it that it is. Well, plus those are like the newer versions, which are supposed to have been the. What was it like the three D versions that were they were putting in the theaters? Um, I think they, the only, they didn't do three D. Yeah, they only did the first one. They only did Phantom Menace, and nobody cares. Yeah, but, they didn't do it. Yeah, but they did do it to all the other ones. That's why, like in New Hope, you get the um, Greedo going like, oh no, that's like that was just more uh. George Lucas fuckery. They didn't release those ones in 3D. They only did the. They yeah they but they they had cleaned them up and added stuff to release they, them. They just didn't release them. They never got that far through it though. They only did the first one, and after nobody went to because they were going to release them chronologically. And after they did Phantom and nobody went, they they stopped. I they stopped releasing them, but I'm pretty sure they went through and fixed them up. They might not have added. They might not have. They might not have added the 3D to them, but I think they cleaned up the versions and added things here or there because you know Lucas can't stop tweaking them. I, I I I'm in the middle of both of you. I know they did the cleanup and really release in theaters back when we were in high school. Like, is that what you're yeah. talking about, John? No. And then when, later on, they were going to do another re-release of them again in theaters, all in 3D, starting with episode one. That did get the 3D release, correct. which is and it what did. Chris is talking about. Exactly. And I agree 100% with that. And then they but stopped. But I'm pretty sure they stopped, they stopped releasing them, but I'm pretty sure when they started cleaning them up and fixing them for that next release, you they, said they just... Did- they did they, all the movies? They did all the movies fixing them up. See, that's where I, I agree with Chris, 100%, where I think they cleaned up the first one, released it, saw they didn't make any money, said, let's stop. Let's not spend any more time on this. 
See, I think they went through and Lucas had his plan to do that. I I don't know. We can agree to disagree because I don't, I don't, ultimately I don't care. Chris, do we agree to agree? Oh, you and I agree to agree. Okay, cool. But I, I somewhat agree with both of you, but I more agree with Chris. Well, that's fine. Because this is like the updated versions that you're seeing now are the 4K versions, which 4K wasn't around when they had uh, started releasing those 3D ones. I'm, re- I'm reading about it now. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm oh. I'm reading what beer I just finished drinking, which is my second beer. I'm dangerously close to finishing my second. And I literally just poured my like... I just poured my second one. So. Man, Chris, you're usually on your third when we were still well, on our I second. Think, I think you guys started a little bit sooner than I did. That's true. I mean, I, I, I didn't like open I said, mine until I sat down and we started recording. Mm. I, I I had mine when I sat down and said, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to be online. And uh, like I said before, I've been trying not to drink that much. So, man, once I start, I start hard. Uh, but I am drinking from Thin Man Brewery. This is their 11-day power pills. Uh, this is a Pilsner coming in at 4.8%. And this is a beer that Charity... Um, receives money from every four-pack um, sold. Basically, every case that my store brings in, um, I think like $11 out of every case goes to the charity. Uh, and this is a hockey charity that um, unfortunately isn't... I don't think they're going to have their big hockey game um, in support of uh, the 11-day power play. Um, but I still bought the beer and, uh, wanted to give a nice little shout out to it, to, um, the charity. Excuse me, I had a big burp. Uh, because the charity still gets money, uh, for every purchase of this beer that you, you do. Yeah, they'll, they'll use that money eventually. Yeah. They're just not going to raise the money at, at the, at the, uh, charity um, the charity uh, hockey game. So there will be no big, uh, no big check being handed over to some kid. No. Uh, but it's a nice Pilsner, easy drinking, um, nice flavor. I liked it. It was good. Paul, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. I'll, uh, I just finished up the uh, Double Dan from Warhorse Brewery Company. Warhorse com- uh, is out of the Finger Lakes, New York, and it's one of those uh, breweries that I normally just skip over because I'm like, okay, how good could they be? Like, I haven't really heard anything great about them, haven't heard anything bad about them. I just, you know, just they not make one o- they make they make okay beer, yeah. And this Chris, is that six lits beer that you had when you were up, mm-hmm. they they make that, yeah. That's yeah. that's how I know them. Okay. That's the only one from them I've had. It wasn't bad. Like I. Yeah, well, it wasn't great. Like, I mean, there's a lot of other like chocolate candy beers that probably take before, but yeah, you know, I didn't mind it. I just picked this one up because it was a double dry hopped IPA that was available in that create your own section. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? Uh, it's not costing me anything more or anything less to throw this one can in here. So let's give it let's give it a whirl. Uh, 7.5 alcohol by volume. It's a big boy can. And, you know, it's decent. 
it do, it doesn't have much it doesn't have enough punch in it to make you like slow down and it's not like you and it's not that crushable either it's like right in the middle it's decent it's fine it's is it worth it do you really like double dan as a, you know a play on uh colonel dan from Horace Gump. Is it really? Is it Colonel? Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan. Dan. Lieutenant Dan, yeah. Because even then it says, you could say the brewery, brewers have given it new legs. Mm. Well, that's because they have a beer called Lieutenant Dan. And this is their double. Yeah. This is the <laughs> double dry hopped version of it. It's it's good. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's a better it's better than Lieutenant Dan. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice dry hop IPA. If I was down in the Finger Lakes and somebody had this on tap, I know to I would know to order it. It's go ahead, you green light it. It's it's fine. It's but don't go out of your way to get it. That's all I'm saying. No, I one hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am drinking a beer from the brewery. Uh, and this is part of their bakery line. And this is their cherry pie. It's an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with cherries, cinnamon, and vanilla. Um, 10.2% ABV. This is heavenly. It's got a nice, like, cherry richness on it. And then when you take that sip, you just get that nice kind of cinnamon spice on it. Um, I've only had one other from the bakery. Um, and it was, like, the coconut macaroons. I wasn't as impressed by that one, but this is fantastic. Um, it was a little bit more of a premium. It was $9 for uh, this pint can. But I don't I don't regret it. I'm glad I didn't pick up like a four-pack of it, but just for a one-off. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Sounds good. I, I wanted to bring it into my store, but I couldn't. So... How come? I'm just curious, like, logistics of it, or uh, do they not no, do the cans for you guys? Or? It, it wasn't authorized through corporate. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, it's... Through corporate! Because, I, I mean, I'm on the brewery website right now just because I want to get some more information about it. And looking at it, they're like, oh, like, suggested, because I looked at this one, it's, like, the Autumn Maple, which I still haven't had a good bottle of, and uh, the Mischief. Black yeah, mischief's good. Mischief's good. Um, actually, oh, there's a mischief with Citra hops too. Um, I don't know. Brewery's fantastic, and again, they're one of those breweries that's out there, you know, hand delivering beers. If uh, you live around them, like I think they're delivering around like three counties, and you want beer and like you can't get out, like they'll they'll bring it to you, which is just awesome. What a time to be alive, guys. Yeah, I forget what brewery it was, but they turned their basically turned their food truck into uh, like an ice cream truck for beer. Like going through neighborhoods, like playing a song and stopping <laughs> in the corners for the dads and like selling their cans and then moving on to the next neighborhood and driving around. I'm what is? Do they play ninety nine bottles of beer like an ice cream truck version of that? Because I think that'd oh, be fantastic. Yeah. That would be great. It, and that's, those are the kind of updates that I want in my emails. 
Not from freaking Baskin Robbins letting me know how to stay <laughs> safe during this crisis. So uh, my, my question for you is how did Baskin Robbins get your email? Because I don't think I've ever interacted with Baskin Robbins in any way besides like, sc- getting a sample somewhere. Well, because I want a free scoop during my birthday. I want a free scoop. I want a free scoop on my birthday, man. Well, I mean, your, ber- your birthday is coming up. They just wanted you to be prepared. Free scoop. Free scoop. Oh, yeah. My birthday is canceled. It's already been canceled. The government sent me a little letter telling me, yep, nope. Andrew Cuomo told me he was very upset with me that I was even thinking about having a birthday during this uh, crisis. So, John, get ready for your letter. I canceled Easter, so <laughs> my my dad my dad goes. He just got back from Florida, and he's like, "Am I still hosting Easter?" And I'm like, "Easter's no. fucking canceled, man. What are you talking like, about?" I'm eating this ham myself. <laughs> my mother in law, uh, Kate's side of the family, they rotate like who does which holidays. Her her aunt, who was supposed to host Easter, canceled the Easter brunch. Said, "Hey, with everything going on." We're not going to have Easter brunch. No. And and Kate's mom's like, well, I'll have a turkey dinner. It's like, okay. But I'm still not going. <laughs> <laughs> well, because out of everybody, like, I'm still going out. I'm still, like, for work, I have to go places. I have, you know, so I'm like, if there's anybody in my immediate circle that's going to get sick, it's going to be John. And then me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was I was honestly worried about it just working in a tourist based mall because um, mm-hmm. we were still open for a while after everything happened. Then they made the decision um, on a like Tuesday, like at two thirty in the afternoon, they had an emergency conference call with store management just to be like, "Hey, three o'clock, close your store. Everyone needs to be done by five o'clock. Uh, we're closed until." April 2nd. So it was kind of just like a quick, like, Oh, like shut it down get on out. Um, but even like that Sunday I was off and I went on a date at Dizzy Springs and even there, like some stuff was already like pre-closed, like just, you know, abundance of caution letters posted on the doors, which I get, but I thought I would have gotten sick by now, but the fact that I've been stuck inside for the last week, uh, and I just still have my my regular uh, seasonal allergies, and I think I might be uh, becoming lactose intolerant, which I hope isn't true. Because mm. um, I, spoilers, guys, I've been drinking a lot of beer and a lot of coffee because that's what I have in my apartment. Uh, my coffee creamer makes me like congested. Like after I have my coffee, well, like is that normal? That's, that's a normal dairy, thing. like that's any a dairy thing. thing. You're lactose intolerant if you're having that coffee creamer and then having stomach pains and shitting your brain. Okay, no, because like I'm just like a little like, and it's like a productive cough, you know, like I'm like really phlegmy. So, okay, well, that makes me feel better because, guys, I got this like International Delights. It's cinnamon toast crunch coffee creamer. Ooh. It tastes just like the milk that's in the bottom of your bowl after you have some. It's it's fucking fantastic. I know we don't talk about coffee creamer on the show unless, you know, people want to email us bangboardcast at gmail.com. If you want to hear reviews of coffee creamer, I can do that. Yeah, I, I'll join you in that. But, but we should start a Patreon and join the Patreon and then we'll <laughs> – For $5, the you can vote on what coffee creamer hey, 
you want us to try? Let's, I mean, two fifty. Really? No, five dollars because they're, they're buying because both of, the of us. They're buying both of us a bottle then too. Mm. And Kate, Kate's the one that buys the coffee creamer and, at our house. And honestly, yeah, I would need some a little kickback for me to buy my own because normally I just drink my coffee black. Because can't you I, just ask your wife to pick it up for you? Hey, this time <laughs> can we do this coffee creamer? No, because she wants it sugar free, and I really don't care about coffee creamer. I really don't. See, for me, it's like a like, it's a treat in the morning. Like, it is a treat on like a weekend. Like, oh, it's a weekend. But then again, like, there's a thing yeah, you could and, every morning. <laughs> every every morning could be like a weekend, bourbon, right? Paul. Yeah, but Paul, I take my coffee in a a travel mug to work with me. I can't do Irish coffee every single day. I'm on vacation. That, right, yeah, that's why. Right now, that's I why could, I do but black I coffee. To, Paul, I would have to go to the store and get Bailey's and whiskey because I don't have anything right now. And I'm trying to be good with social distancing. Like, when I get stir crazy, you know, every day and a half, two days, you know, that's when I'll go out and I'll grab beer or something. I grab, I grab like, uh, sushi to go the other day. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm a homebody. And I'm okay with it. No, I, like, during the week, I just black coffee. It's fine. Like, weekends, like, if I want to, you know, live it up, like, there's the coffee creamer. But, like... When we were down in Florida, and Kate's like, "What kind of coffee creamer should we get?" And I'm like, "I don't care." Like, so she does offer you that <laughs> choice. So you could say, "Yes, I guess I could like say, hey, next time let's get this." But I don't, I don't care about coffee creamer. I really don't. Yeah, but I mean, cinnamon toast crunch coffee creamer. It tastes just on. like the milk that's oh, in the bottle. Love cinnamon toast crunch. I do. It's that is you that is my cinnamon. favorite cereal. You love and, and you love cinnamon, like in your beers. Now you can have a really nice cinnamon in your coffee on the see. weekend. Munch madness. Oh no, that was uh, that was the snack madness bracket. Uh, I thought I had uh, March milkness. Here we go. Yes, uh, no frosted mini wheats, strawberry. Really? Which, well, not Which, versus guess who? Cinnamon toast crunch. But also, Paul, we discussed this. You were confused with what that cereal was. Oh, I was that's true. It was the one that was filled with the actual strawberry, not the, yes, just the, the yeah the flavored frosting. They don't make it anymore. Yeah. So you that so I that revised, cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Revised list cinnamon toast crunch would, would be number one. But I'm glad you still look, have that, Paul. By the way, because like all that shit, right I, I forget about it as soon as we finish talking about it. <laughs> I have it pulled right up. I will. Post it to the conversation right here. Well, not only that, when Paul said that, I was like, I don't think he's right. And then I, I walked the cereal aisle searching for it, then searched for it online and been like, is this what you're talking about? No, this. Because wasn't it like the Crave Frosted Mini Wheats? It wasn't Crave. It was, no, it was Frosted Mini Wheats, but it was like, it was called like Full Harvest or something like that. And it was the one that was filled. It was a filled, fruit-filled, shredded wheat. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Anyways. I look it up. We, you guys keep on talking. Do we have anything so, else? Uh... One of the things I do have for, like, just a quick oh, thing shit. that's happened. We didn't, we didn't talk about Morbius either. Go ahead. Uh, so, brood- fruit. That's what it was called. It was mini-wheats. Frosted mini-wheats. Touch of fruit. 
that had a little bit of fruit on each inside of each of the shredded wheats. Delicious. So, uh, Brew Dog, the Scottish brewery that actually has breweries and brew pubs like all across the world, uh, they had the they had one of their trucks stolen. Somebody drove off with it, and it was filled with their punk punk IPA. So they lost an entire batch of beer this last week because somebody drove off with their their truck full of beer. Interesting. Um, I don't remember ever being floored by anything from BrewDog. Like, uh, let alone enough current, to steal a uh, a truck full of it. Uh, I would agree. BrewDog came back and with like more current beers that people would enjoy probably about two, three years ago. Um, they have like a grapefruit IPA. They have a New England IPA. They have a really good stout. Like they came back from what, like what you probably remember, which is like 10 years ago, brew dog. See now, now that makes me sad because there used to be a brew dog brew pub in Orlando is in Flamingo crossing across from where Dizzy Springs is. And they closed like within this past year. And now it's like a, crab shack place um yeah. and i always thought about going there just to check it out but it wasn't on my list of things to like go to are you thinking sea dog oh yeah it was sea dog that's the one sorry you're right sea dog what's brew dog <laughs> brew what dog the fuck's a brew dog <laughs> what uh, yeah, no, Sea Dog, uh, because they're part of like Shipyard, and Shipyard and BrewDog are basically, I think, are pretty much folded in on themselves. So uh, Shipyard they only does a like dog fight, two beers a year. I think so, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's like kind of the, I don't know, it's kind of the news I had. Uh, but yeah, Morbius, right? Yeah, we saw the trailer for Morbius. Uh, again, this is a Sony Spider-Man spin-off movie. Um, it didn't look terrible. Some of the effects are kind of eh on it. I think I would probably like this movie more if it wasn't called Morbius and it just happened to be like an updated take on the vampire genre. Uh, yeah, and um, I mean, I like you get that little bit at the end where he actually looks like Morbius with like the the turned up nose kind of look, but this feels like it should have come out in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. With blade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know we're still like a few years away from it, but I'm looking forward to, you know, the updated blade movie. I mean, for the time, those movies were pretty dope. Like, I mean, I haven't watched one of them in a while. So, I'm sure they don't hold up too well just because I remember like the CG not being the best. I think the first one holds up pretty good. I I watched it maybe a year or two years ago. And I mean, three, I think is really kind of bad. But uh, three wasn't was not great when that came out too. Like that was them. Yeah. Again, that was like the, I remember was was it Fox at that That's time? That's the one that with was Deadpool like, in it, with it, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's like the Midnight Suns one, where it's uh, like Whistler's daughter. Yeah, but I guess a lot of that had to do with Wesley Snipes too. Like 
if he wasn't talking in a scene, if you didn't see him talking, that wasn't him in the movie. Like all the fight stuff was done by like his stunt man. He'd only do his like any scene that he was talking in, he'd show up for, but then he'd stay in character the whole time, but he wouldn't perform in the movie. Because in character, he wouldn't perform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blade wouldn't do this movie. Well, and like, what? <laughs> Blade 2 is probably, I think, the better one, and it's the Guillermo del Toro Yeah, one. exactly. But is again, the one with the, the European bloodbath party scene. No, that's the that first one. one. Yeah, with Donald Logue. I think I've only seen, I think I've only seen Blade 1. <laughs> Second one's good. It's like a, a different strain of vampire. They have like weird, like crab claw mouths. I don't know how to. What? I don't know Maybe how to describe it. Two, if you've like seen Blade 2, mouth you where, know. Like the jaw separated. Um, but also, the, yeah, the computer effects in, in that one weren't great, too. Because I remember watching that, and then you go and see Hellboy like two years later, and you're like, oh, that looks, that looks yeah. like Blade. I liked, I liked Hellboy 2. It was fun. It was like yeah, Hellboy 2 was super fantasy. It wasn't Hellboy. It was like a fan. Well, it was it was more Guillermo del Toro than Hellboy, but I think it worked. I think it was the melding of those two styles which made those movies pretty enjoyable. Uh, did you guys see the new Hellboy? I didn't. I I wouldn't say no to it. Like if it was, you know, streaming somewhere, I'd probably put it on to have on in the background as I'm like dicking around on my phone or something. It's not good. No. It's just not, not, not well done or not entertaining? Both. Okay. Uh, I fell asleep, like, probably, like, with, like, maybe 30 minutes left to the end, like, to the end, the climax of the whole movie. And, like, I woke up during credits, and I was like, I don't need to rewind it. I'm, I'm good. Like, it's got some cool things in it. And David Harbour is trying but it's just nothing is connecting. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just wasn't good. But David Harbour just came out to say, like, the movie wasn't successful because of Del Toro fans, but it wasn't successful because it, it wasn't a movie anybody wanted to go see. See, like, uh, I don't know if I can agree with that, too, because it's not like at the time Hellboy came out, there were big Del Toro fans. He wasn't a name at that point. Just, I think people saw it because it looked like a weird, cool, different kind of movie. And at that point, like we had already been in comics. So like we were like, Oh yeah, Hellboy. Why not? Before you came back, like I said to John, I'd be okay if movies only came out in the theaters for a week or two before they made the jump to streaming where you pay like the 20 bucks, but you can watch it at home because I saw Onward the weekend it came out. I loved it. Like, it, it's a great movie, but, you know, I spent the same amount of money going to the movie theater. I, I got a hot dog and a thing of popcorn and a drink. I could have just spent that same money at home and gotten, like, a Little Caesars hot and ready and had a, had a good night. You know, Disney would have gotten yeah. my money no matter what. Um, so I, I'd be okay if we came out of this with companies being like, Hey, you know what? People are willing and ready to change how they absorb content. 
Yeah. I mean, Caitlin and I, we paid the 20 bucks for Onward because we were wanted to see it. It would have cost us that to go see it in the theater. And we sat down. We own it now, which we have no problem going back to watch it anytime. And, I mean, Grayson was entertained for the most part. He'd stop and watch what was going on. And then when it got to, like, a little bit of a lull, he started running around, slap me in the face, you know, go over, slap his mom. And then uh, go back to watching the movie. And, you know, my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law were there. We all And they would it. also slap you in the face. Yeah. Um, but he'd just run around, chirping, making noises, slap you, sit on, you know, he'd sit, I was sitting on the floor, so he'd come over and he'd sit on me and watch it for a while, and then he'd get up and run around a little more and play. Which, I mean, for someone who's about to be 15 months old, is <laughs> fairly normal. I've watched, uh, Kid and I, we watched Frozen 2 since it qu- came on streaming really quickly. Uh, it was a, it was decent. It's, it's good. It's just, I, I'd say it felt short, but I rewatched Frozen after watching Frozen 2, and Frozen, like, it moves at a clip. Frozen doesn't feel that long, either. I just, nothing really, none of the songs really grasped me. That, that I, I think my, my favorite song is the um, Into the Unknown one. Because okay. it's... Where the sky meets the sea. It's calling. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, that's definitely Moana. But yeah, it's the, like, oh, I don't want to, but I want to go song. Um, but after that, I know you don't like it, but Kristoff's, like... It just seems so out of place. It, it's it, out of nowhere. It is, it's but a, that's why I like it, because Kristoff is so out of place in that movie. It fits him as a character, and that's why I think it works so well. It is so Weezer. It's 100% a Weezer song, though. And we, I know Weezer does a cover, and maybe I heard it as the Weezer cover before I saw the movie because it popped up on my, like, YouTube uh, suggested thing. Like, hey, you're a nerd. You're here. Like this nerd thing. And I watched it. And so I've watched the YouTube, like, music video before I saw the movie. So as soon as it popped up, I'm like, wait a second. I know this. This is a Weezer song. What's this doing in Frozen? It just, it, it, like, took me out of it so completely. It's a fun song, but it just it takes me out like completely. Like, no, and I, there's and I all the that. Avatar: The Last Airbender stuff that I'm oh, like. Well, oh, I think wish, anything. I wish that movie was better. Anything that deals with the elements now is going to make you think about that because it's a better Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I also like. I watched Mulan for the first time, and man, I loved that movie. Oh, the the original animated. Yeah, you never saw it before. Or are you just saying like, oh, like reiterating, like, no, I, oh, it's great. No, I never saw it before. I just watched it. Wow, oh, that's it. a surprise. It's one of the movies that my aunt took me to see. But again, it's we saw. Oh, not not my Mul- aunt- I'm sorry, not Mulan. Um, Moana. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I, <laughs> Moana's great. I love that movie. It took me like I actually I've. I've never seen Mulan. <laughs> wait, wait. Mulan. Well, you got time before the, uh, the live action one comes up. 
Mulan's all right. Mulan's decent. I think Mulan holds up pretty well. The the animated version. I'm more excited about the live action because I think they. I've liked all the live action updates just a little bit better than the uh, original animated. Even Aladdin. I really like Aladdin. It's it's kind of crazy that I like it as much. Because I, I thought Aladdin was the pinnacle of the classic hand-drawn animated style from Disney. Like, you can't get better than that. Everything else from then on was a downward, you know, mm-hmm. was, was a falling off. Except for the one-offs like Emperor's New Groove, which are just, just like, weird and just, like, that's when Disney didn't care. It was like, sure, put it out. Who cares? And you love that movie. Then, uh, I do. It's, it makes no sense. Like, there's... Even wh- even the characters in the movie realize that the movie doesn't make the sense, mm-hmm. and they're still having fun with it. Um, yeah. the uh, I- I'm excited for the live-action Mulan. I don't think I'll get to watch it in the theaters, but that's okay. It'll- oh, I, I mean... If it comes out in theaters, I will go see it. Um, I don't know. It, it looks just like a good action-adventure flick. Mm-hmm. But, man, it, it looks talk about flicking through stuff. Man, I am just flicking through these beers tonight. How are you guys doing? I'm on my third. I'm just I got about a fourth to, ready to go. All right. I'm about to finish my third. Well, let's talk about the third one quick. Um I'm drinking one from a brewery that we actually went to when you guys were down here last time. And this is from Hidden Springs Ale Works, and this is their Humble Pie. Uh, we actually had this at the brewery. I don't... I think we all just did the the flight, so nobody got like a full version of this. Um, but this is their Breakfast Muffin Berliner Weiss with boysenberry, almond, sh- uh, cinnamon, milk sugar, and vanilla. And this is like such a great follow up to the brewery's bakery uh, cherry pie because it hits a lot of those same notes, just like that nice kind of like cinnamon pop on it, but very different. Where with the uh, cherry pie, there's a lot more sweetness. With the humble pie from Hidden Springs, it's just like that nice tart pop right up front that just kind of like lingers through. Like that lactose, and there's like the vanilla on it. Um, I think I like this more now having it in the can than I did in the in the sample with the flights because I'm able to like take bigger sips and appreciate a little bit more, and then kind of keep going back to it. This was my favorite beer we had there, the humble pie. Oh my gosh, it's. I think yeah, the four pack of this was twelve ninety nine. Um, again, <laughs> pint cans like so they're they're big boys. Um, it's just fantastic. Like this is a great dessert beer. Like this could be something that I have after I finish dinner when I'm like just kind of unwinding, playing games, or you know watching Netflix. Um, I don't think it's like a just like middle of the day beer, but I mean. 8.50 on a, what is it, this is a Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Today, on a Wednesday night after, you know, 
two other like deep, dark, rich beers because this is definitely like a lot brighter. Um, it's just it's hitting me in the right spot, guys. It's reaching around with that finger and just it's getting it. Hey. Uh. <laughs> Oh, sounds good. It was it was a great beer. I I loved it. Um, I think like I bought a what I bought a crowler and I bought a four pack there, and I think like the four pack I bought was eighteen and the crowler was twelve something like that. So I'm glad you could oh, get dang, that beer wow. for twelve. Do you remember you what know? you brought in the crowler? Because wasn't it something that we didn't have there? I forget what it was. I think it was a sour though. And then I got the, um, the one, it was like a guava grapefruit lemon sour. That sounds pretty good too. It was good. It was like my second favorite beer there, but yeah, I would have, I would have preferred the humble Paul. What are you drinking, baby? I'm drinking softly spoken magic spells from uh, Single Cut. Ooh, this is a- their uh, Imperial IPA, and luckily I did pick this up in not your craft your own. This is uh, I bought it in a four pack because I'm like, all right, how do I want to get through this? Just buzzed a little bit throughout all of the time, or just blackout drunk, and I couldn't decide, so I kind of did it with a little bit of both. So this is uh, one of those kind of blackout drunk beers. This is a 8.6%, very drinkable, uh, IP, uh, dry hopped, right? Yeah, an Imperial yeah. IPA, so a Dippa is uh, our past producer, producer Scott, uh, would say. Uh, and this is a crushable double IPA, or Imperial IPA. Um, you could say double. Double and Imperial are like the same. Are the same thing? Yeah. yeah, it's it's got a little bit of that resiny to it, but it's it's not harsh in any ways. It's very easy drinking. Um, it's just bright and uplifting, and makes me feel like tomorrow will be a better day. It's it's like there's been a softly spoken magic spell cast upon me as I drink this. So. Uh, yeah, if you find it out anywhere, I suggest uh, ordering it. I, I think it's a really good beer, unlike the uh, Warhorse, which was just kind of meandering. This has that brightness, that lift to it. That um, it's, it's from a company that knows how to make IPAs. Yeah, it's it's just a little bit better, a tweak, a hair better than uh, the Double Dan. Not that Double Dan is bad, but this is. You know, if you're paying paying that price point, this is what you want to be spending your money on. So, there it is. Uh, and another beer you want to spend your money on is Dare to Know from Threes Brewing out of New York City. This is a Strata IPA. Uh, and this beer is a phenomenal New England. This is super hazy in your glass. But it is like this wonderful pink grapefruit juiciness to it that just like pops on every sip. And like the grapefruit doesn't go away. I'm just about my last sip in the glass and it still has this great like 
pink grapefruitness to it. Um, I was, I didn't know what to expect out of this beer. I've had some beers from threes. They've been good. Um, nothing to this point, but this is a beer that I would go back and buy a, a four pack of, um, without a, without a doubt. Like it's something that I'd love just having in my fridge and be able to grab it whenever I want. It's only like 6.6%. Six and a half percent. Um, so it's not like super high ABV, but this is a beer I want to sit, I want to sit out and enjoy it on the porch, uh, on a boat at by the pool. Like I'd like to have this beer everywhere with me. I really, really, really love it. So porch beer. So wait. <sighs> What's the difference mm. between a porch beer and a picnic beer? Um, your sides. Okay. What you well, so <laughs> what you're eating? Okay. I mean, clearly, just the sides. <laughs> well, because you had that cucumber beer that you were touting that I just didn't really like, and you're like, "Oh no, it's perfect for a picnic." And then it, you're like, "Then you're like, oh, after mowing the lawn, like it's so refreshing, so good." And I'm like. No, you know no, I never said after mowing oh. your yard. I told you this is the beer you want to have at a picnic. It was a cucumber cream ale, which was nice and refreshing, but you sit down at a picnic with a hot dog and some potato salad, and it would be a great complement to that summer day picnic. You drank it after mowing your yard, oh, and I'm were so like, yeah, "This wasn't this wasn't uh, nearly as refreshing as I wanted it to be." And I said, "Yeah, it probably would, probably wouldn't be, but it's a great summer food pairer. You could have it with ribs. You could have it with a salad. You could have it with anything. Just sitting out on the porch on a hot day." Okay. So this one that you're drinking right now. The thing to drink on a porch on a hot day with uh, what sides? You you could have it with any sides. You could have it. You could have it after. It would be a good beer to drink after mowing your yard. It'd be a good one to have with a picnic. It'd be a good one. We're swimming in the pool. It'd be a good one. Hey, I just went for a bike ride. What do I want? I want this beer. Hey, it's I the just nimble got... giant of beers. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, nimble giant would be the nimble giant of beers. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks. Um, but it—it's just—it's really well rounded. Um, just really pops. I—I I, I really love it. It's great. I'm just glad that Chris was right there with Thanks. me on where I was going. Thanks. And speaking of something else that pops, because uh, we just got the news pop up about some maybe rumored casting for Mandalorian Season 2 with Rosario Dawson. Uh, you may know her from Josie and the Pussycats. I'm not going to say anything else she was in. <laughs> uh, Clerks 2? She was in Clerks 2. She, she was in all of the... 12 pounds? I didn't see that. But she was in all the Marvel... Uh, Netflix TV stuff. shows. She put, uh, yeah, she, she's great. Uh, I just have a soft spot for the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Um, 
But yeah, rumored she was cast as Ahsoka Tano in Mandalorian Season 2. And I've had a few people actually reach out to me because they know my love for Ahsoka Tano and the Mandalorian. They don't know my love for Josie and the Pussycats, but, you know, they they might after they listen to this. Um, What do I think about this? I think this is uh, gotcha casting. I think she's probably going to be appearing in season two of the Mandalorian. I don't think it's going to be as Ahsoka Tano. I think that might be like fan fervor driving it because they did such a great job of keeping everything about the first season of Mandalorian hidden. I don't see them getting sloppy now. Um, I would love to have Ahsoka Tano appear in the Mandalorian. I haven't watched the next season of Clone Wars, which is streaming now on Disney Plus. Uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> the next two weeks off, I might as well. Um, I'd love to have Ahsoka Tano in, you know, quote unquote, real life, live action. I don't want it to be announced, and also I kind of want it to be Ashley Eckstein appearing in the role. Like, yep. it, it just makes sense because she's, you know. She originated the role. She spent more time with Ahsoka than bless you than anyone else Sorry, has, um, and I think that would just be a great continuation for the character. Um, so, Chris, can I ask you this? You though? may. Who who does the voice of Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars? Uh, his Matt something. I can't remember his name. He actually appeared, and he right. Yes, that's where I'm going. Okay. He's, he doesn't appear in The Mandalorian as Anakin Skywalker. No, because Anakin Skywalker is dead, but they no. did have him pop up as, like, the rebel guard in the prison ship. And, but I don't know, like, so, it, wouldn't it be... I mean, as a Clone Wars yeah. and a Rebels fan, wouldn't it be great to have, like, just surprise, much like we had with, you know, the child, Baby Yoda, appearing at the end of an episode, like, Ahsoka just walking out from the shadows, just like that. Oh shit! Moment. Yeah, and that's I, kind of I, been like. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, John. I was going to say I agree, but I think this is another one of those things that they want people to. They want people to when it's season two, even though people are going to co- probably come back to Disney Plus. They want to put this out to make people stay with Disney Disney Plus. Oh, season two is going to come out. Well, we don't have to cancel it right away because we're not watching it as much. This is a way to keep people on and get people back. I guess, but John, do you pay month to month? I don't know. I, I don't mean, pay month to month. I don't either. <laughs> nope. I, I did the pre-buy. I don't yeah. know who pays month to month for this. There's like lots the of Verizon's- people. There's lots of people. There's the Verizon subscribers that got it for a full year for free. There's all of us stu- super nerds that just bought it for the, that discounted rate for the full three years. And then, like, I think there's was other ways to get it for a full year too. So I don't like. I'm wondering what percentage. I don't know. Of there subscribers. was there was a thing that came out to say like after Mandalorian finished, there was a huge drop off of subscribers. Okay. okay. Well, that's the thing that I know, but that, that's good. But the, I mean, or that's upsetting to know. But. 
I'm I don't mind. I like this casting. I think it's actual casting. I don't think it's got you casting. Uh, well, I, I think so. I think I trust. Well, I think Rosario Dawson might be cast in the Mandalorian. I don't know if she's going to be Ahsoka Tano. I think that could just be the gotcha part where it's like, oh, like, well, what other Jedi or you know, force sensitive characters are available at this point in Star Wars that you know he might be able to take the child to to learn like, Oh, we you know what, what, what is this force thing that I've heard so much about? I see. I think she's going to be, uh, if they announce if slash slash films, the one that broke the news and if slash films breaks that news, I, I have a certain level of trust with them. They're not like, uh, what other news have they that. given you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Did they give you anything about Mandalorian season one? It's, no, but I don't know what else they've broken, but they're a podcast that I listen to, and but, uh, Peter Serrata. Okay, the, the, okay the, that helps, that it. helps, Paul, because I read stuff on sites all the time, and I'm like, I've never seen anything from this site before, or ever again. So, okay, you listen to a podcast with the people from the website. Yes, from the then, website. Then, then I understand you trusting the website. I just thought yeah, it was just, like some random site that you're like, I trust them. Go on. And, and also, uh, Peter Serretta, who, who who does that, who was the founder of Slash Film, he also does Ordinary, Ordinary Adventures on YouTube, which I do watch. And so there's that certain... So I have a little bit of trust, even though I don't know why it's earned, but it's But there. that's the thing. Like, I have trust in Lucasfilm because even for like, the past three parts of the Skywalker, uh, Skywalker Saga... And then with the Mandalorian, they keep those things on lock. You know, how how big of a story would have been for any podcast or website to be like, oh, you know, there's going to be a baby Yoda puppet in Mandalorian. Like, that would have been huge. I, I, right, right. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful because I don't want this to be the news for Mandalorian season two. I want to be able to sit down, you know, every whatever day Mandalorian season two comes out on, sit down, enjoy and absorb it for what it is. I liked not knowing what I was in for besides, you know, bounty hunter space Western with Mandalorian. I I don't want anything to be spoiled for me now. I, I yeah. think it's more of like what, John was saying, like, hey, let's get more hype for this. Like, maybe they didn't see enough bounce back from people coming back for Clone Wars, you know, season seven. And they uh, were like, see, oh, I let's, think that's let's complete, let people say that, hey, I think that's different. Katana's come back. Different. Um, um, fucking. I'm blanking on the word. Um, fandom? Different fandom? Not, not fandom, but different, like, demographic. Okay. For Clone Wars versus Mandalorian, because if you're sitting down to watch like watches. Clone Wars, like season seven, you've got a lot more invested in like that side of you know the prequels and the animated universe. Yeah. Mandalorian, my mom watched that. My mom has no idea what Clone Wars is. If I ask my mom who you know Ahsoka Tano is, she's not going to know. Right. Like. But she watched every single episode of The Mandalorian. As soon as she watched it, she would be like, oh my gosh, 
this week's what did you think of this like I don't know it's again it's so different because again Star Wars fans you have the fans of the movies but then you you've got the you know expanded fans who read the comics or watch Clone Wars you know it's it's a weird breakdown of fandom there I really want to vent right now, so I'm going to do it. Hey, well, that's fine, because I'm going to... You can go. I'll be right back. You do what you got to say, Paul. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, when I went to see Rise of Skywalker the first time uh, with my dad, who was late to the showing because uh, he forgot that we were going to watch it together. Uh, So, that made me a little salty. And then uh, he was sitting after the movie. He's like, eh, I don't know. I guess I like, you know, the Mandalorian a little bit better now than just the regular Star Wars stuff. Because, you you know that show, Firefly? And I'm like, yeah, Dad. You mean the movie, the the television show that I bought the DVD set for that you still have at your house? That, that show? It's like, oh, right. I guess you're the reason I watch Firefly. I'm like, yeah. That's, and he he likes the Mandalorian because it reminds him of Firefly. Uh huh. Yes. And so as we say, now so, you guys are back. So, so I was like, you know, so yeah, there are fans out there of Mandalorian that don't like the rest of what Star Wars is now. So I just wanted to complain about that a little bit because it made it hurt my feelings that my dad forgot that one that he was going to see Rise of Skywalker with me. And two, that I'm the reason he's watched Firefly. So, you know. uh, Middle child syndrome. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, the fact that, like, um, what's his name who's the showrunner? Uh, Dave uh, Filoni. John, Fav- John Favreau. Oh. John Favreau is really I'm good. I'm with you, Chris. It's really good friends with Dave Fioni, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why Ahsoka Tana is going to show up live action in this. Uh, I think that probably has something to do with it. And with that, I imagine John Favreau might have asked the voice actress if she wanted to do it. And she might have said no. She might not have wanted to do it. And then the next best thing is the um. casting that the nerd industry has said should play her for a long time. So on that note, I think that if she had been approached, she probably would have gone for it because actually Eckstein, she loves star Wars. You know, she runs her universe, which is one of the top makers of fandom related, like fashion wear for, you know, it started off as females, but you know, for males as well. A lot of it's Star Wars based, but they also do Marvel and DC and Doctor Who stuff too. It's all really cool. But she loves Ahsoka Tano and like constantly just circles back to that character and just like talking about how much she loves her. Uh, and also, besides Star Wars being owned by Disney now, she actually used to have a role on That's a Raven on Disney Channel. So she's kind of already in the Disney family. Um, she actually did like a takeover for like the Disney Instagram or Snapchat or something a couple months ago too. Like she's, you know, she's, 
she's in the family. Like, it would be simple for her to be asked. And I, I can't see her saying no to that kind of thing. Unless maybe it's a case of like, does he be like, no, we need, you know, someone else, like someone different. Cause she did have a, she was asked about this recently and said, I can't quote this right now. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head. Like, Oh, well, I'm not involved in anything happening with Mandalorian, but you know, I love, I love this world. I love this character, like blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I can't see them not approaching her for it though. Yeah. Especially I, that's why I, that's why I, I would assume that they would have talked to her first. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and, you know, I, I they might've been filming and she couldn't have traveled or yeah. they might've been filming and it conflicted with something else she was doing. That stuff always happens. Um, I think, and I know that, um, Rosario Dawson is a big nerd herself. Like she would probably jump at the chance to play this character. Yeah. And I think she does like, like visually I saw somebody like they digitally painted her and put the headdress on her and everything. And I was like, man, she looks just like the character. See, and like, she's got those natural, like big eyes. Like, no, I, I, I could definitely, like, yeah, she, I she see looks that. good, but I don't want the, to come across as negative on the casting of her as a Sorkatano. I just think it's bad that this story came out at all, whether it's true or not, because if it is the case, I want it to be true, but I don't want to know about it more than anything yeah, I agree. else. Okay. I agree. It would have been better. Like, she's super cool. It would have been great that you're watching it and then she shows up. Yeah. It's like, it's like even though I knew that she was in it in Rebels when she finally appeared, it was like, oh shit! Yeah, it's a, it's a cool moment. Where, like she walks down the steps on the ghost there, and you're like, oh, it's fucking Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. Until they said it was Ahsoka, I didn't really recognize her. Well, I mean, she's aged up a bit. She like the yeah. like the tendrils are a little bit taller and longer. Um, but uh, something else, Paul, you might be interested in this, Chris. Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, so the uh, Star Trek Picard season finale is on Thursday. But starting today, uh, starting two, ta- two days ago, um, oh, starting today until 423, you can watch all of CBS Access for free in the U.S. with the code GIFT. And you can watch uh, Star Trek Picard, which I saw the first episode of, and it was fantastic. I'm I'm intrigued by Picard. I don't know. Um, So for the... It was was really good. I don't know if you have this information. So do I need to sign up and, like, for a year and I get, like, free first month with GIFT, or... Because I would watch Picard, I but I don't like, think there's anything else that they have that I would want to watch. They have Jordan Peele did... Uh, oh, Twilight Zone. Twilight, Twilight Zone, which is that. supposed to be really good. Um, you, I don't know what else they have on there, to be honest, because I don't have CBS Access. Um, but I know that the uh, Twilight Zone, that... You can watch Discovery, the Star Trek Discovery... Oh, which I heard good um, things about. 
they might have some other stuff on there, but for Picard alone, uh, I think I watched, I've, I've watched the first two episodes and I was just like, man, it's, it feels like going home again. Cause I grew up as a next gen. Yeah. I, I grew up with next gen, you know, next gen and deep space nine were kind of my star treks. And it's, it's like going home again with this Picard series. Um, and I actually, the first two episodes that I watched, like the rest of the cast that's supposed to be in it from the old cast, aside from data aren't in it. It's, you know, Picard and like, uh, him remembering data that are in it. And it just felt so like, it just felt like going home. Um, I did. I, I thought it was fantastic. Again, I haven't seen any of it, but I did see an article posted somewhere that was like, oh, is Brent Spiner actually playing lore? You know, Data's twin brother. And that kind of looked at me be like, oh, shit. Because, again, like, Next Generation was my Star Trek. Um, I watched those when it was airing. And that kind of led me back to some of the original series stuff. But I watched all the movies that were coming out at that point, too. Like, First Contact, Generations, Nemesis, all that. Uh, once Deep Space Nine started up, I watched some of that, not enough to know any of the overarching story or too much about what happens. In- I think I dropped off of Deep Space Nine, which was probably like maybe three or four seasons in. And I dropped off like right when it got like the best it was ever going to be. The Dominion the- War. Yeah, yeah, yeah that might have been it. Like, I just know that like people talk about how great stuff was in deep space nine. And I was like, I didn't watch that. I didn't see any of that. See, I think I, well, because it switched to UPN. I don't know. I think it switched to UPN. Like maybe like at the tail end. And then it came out as Voyager after that. Like it was like right when UPN came out. Um, yeah. Even at that point, like I watched enough of it to like, I can recognize the characters if I see them in something, but uh, not... Tuvok! Tuvok! Well, I mean, you know, like, Dax and Dr. Bashir. Like, Quark. Quark was awesome, but I mean, he was basically... Tuvok was... Tuvok he was the Romulan. Voyager. No, was he? Yeah, wasn't he the... And Voyager, he was Maybe the he was. Vulcan. Yeah, he was. Okay. And he's also the principal in uh, iCarly. Oh, see, I, I haven't watched that much iCarly. I can't speak on yeah. it. Um, I watch more iCarly than Voyager. So we've been, <laughs> we've been talking for a while on this. Do we want to do the uh, the list? Since everything's kind of blurring we together got, about like things we want to talk about. Do you want to talk about some comments? you got to remember there's about like 40 minutes that were us just uh, not Yeah, yeah this still, still like an hour and a half of us just talking about some bullshit and beer. But I mean, that's what the show is, you know. Like, do we want to? I mean, this is a catch-up episode. Like, let's do I, it. Let's get. Let's just talk about some comics. Chris, I'm throwing it in there. March 25th, guys. Chris, today. Wh- where do people need to be tomorrow? I'm assuming some people probably need to be at work at 8 a.m. I don't. Yeah, but they got to drive. I definitely don't. Stuff. But yeah. Right. yeah. Well, let's talk about some comics. Well, uh, I'm picking. Yeah, I'm going to pick a whole trade. Because screw it. You know, you're stuck in at home. This might be the last comic book you buy ever. Who cares? Uh, this is uh, written by Jonathan Hickman, 
And this is a new ter- uh, generation of X-Men Dawn. This is uh, New Mutants, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Subspot, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher. They all come together. And uh, they're going to fight the Shira Empire. And maybe this is finally what gets me to care about X-Men in space. Probably not. But it's Jonathan Hickman, so I gotta try it at least. This uh, collects issues 1, 2, 5, and 7, because nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Well, like, 3 and 4 are probably like tie-in issues that had to do with blah, Uh, blah, blah. And then 6 was just like, whatever, and then 7, fine. $16.99. If I actually buy it, you'll know, because I'll talk about it. If I don't buy it, it's because it was $16, and I don't actually care that much. I mean, for a trade, that's not the worst price ever, though. Yeah, it's four issues. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, four issues. That's $4 an issue. I just looked at, like, what it actually collected, and then I got very angry at it as I was reading the description. <laughs> you wanted to change your idea? No, Paul, you, I know I always say, like, oh, you picked it, you have to buy it. You don't have to buy this, Paul. I might not. Yeah, you shouldn't. That's, that's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. You're right. <laughs> it's not even listed as one, two, five, and seven. It's one through. They listed on Comixology, or on, uh, Diamond Comics, the previous world.com. One through two. No, that's one and two. Five and five and seven. Yeah, I'm angry. Somebody else go. <laughs> Chris, what are you um, looking at? So I'm actually going back through my uh, pull list looking at stuff that's come out recently, and there hasn't been anything new. Um, this past week I picked up the Robin 80th anniversary special. Um, it was a hundred page giant from DC comics and going through it. I had a moment where I was like, is this all reprints? Because each, you know, couple page story was a tale of a different Robin throughout the history of, you know, who has been Robin at any point in time. And it's actually being told by the creative teams that worked on those arcs or titles. So some of them just seem to fit so well into the chronology and the stories that they were telling that I was like, is, is this new? Is this a reprint? Because it felt so natural and normal, but it's all fresh stories. Like, these are all new tales being told by the teams that have kind of molded and shaped Robin or not even Robin, but like Nightwing or, you know, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Todd, Damian Wayne, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown has a story in it. It felt so great to be like, I read most of these books as they were coming out. Like, Dipping my toe back into that made me, you know, happy to be a Robin fan because I got to see those, you know, eras of storytelling come back again. Um, they do have a Joker 80th anniversary special coming out, and that was going to be my pick until I looked. And that's not scheduled to be released until April 29th. But with how 
comics are coming out now, who knows if that's even going to ship or if they're going to delay releasing things on digital because of that. But I think the Robin 80th anniversary was a perfect like specimen of just what a comics giant size annual should be because it was granted a little bit more of a premium. It was $10 for a hundred pages, but it was all new content besides some pinups, which were Robin covers from arcs or stories throughout the years. Um, but it was such a great read that again, being stuck in my apartment, I went to the brewery by my house, dead lizard. I grabbed some crawlers. I grabbed, you know, grilled cheese sandwich. I sat on my patio. I read this book while just enjoying the nice weather outside. And that made me be like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do more of. Um, so unfortunately I don't have a book coming out for this week because I talked about Robin, but you know, going back to my pull list for like the past couple of months, cause I've been terrible about reading comics. Like, there's so much stuff that I can pick up and I'm, I'm probably going to drop a lot of money on comic books uh, tomorrow or the next day just to sit outside and read. Cause man, I don't know if you guys know this comic books are entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They fill some time too. Well, uh, yeah. Chris, I do have to ask, are you going to do the Italian version of comic books reading, which is sitting out on a porch and just, just yelling it out? Loud? I mean, we do enough of that with our dramatic readings. Uh, Spoiler, don't forget about that. I, I wasn't, and I hadn't. I was. It's John's turn to go, right? Yeah. Uh, I wish I, it was the dramatic reading segue, because that would have been perfect. Uh, and I'm actually going into my wish list of books that I've put in there to pick up uh, a book from Dark Horse Comics. This is Our Encounters with Evil, Adventures of Professor J.T. Meinhart and his assistant, Mr. Knox. And this is a uh, Mike Manola and Warwick Johnson Cadell uh, book. And this follows uh, two characters and their female vampire uh, hunter assistant miss mary von sloan as they hunt down evil uh in uh kind of a historical time past i don't know uh it looks fun it's also on sale for half off hey. so it's like it's 549 uh the other books that i have in there are issue ones that are at 499 in my wish list still and I said, this is 93 pages for five bucks. Oh, that's even better than the Robin one. <laughs> it's, 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 I, can't, uh, I can't turn that down. So uh, that is my pick. And uh, with that, I will go uh, add to my cart and purchase. You do it. Polly. Wait, oh, you were talking about Yeah. He already did yeah. his. Yeah, that's yours. I, I was, I forgot that John had to talk about his, and I started segueing into the dramatic reading, and then. We, so John talked about. So this. who's reading the dramatic reading? Because I didn't hear that part of it. I was think I was opening up my beer at that point. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you, Chris. Okay. Well, I just sent you guys a stupid like 20 second video, 
on the messenger of a TikTok. So you guys should we watch, watch that? that? Should we watch that first? I mean, you've probably already could have watched it by now. I'm gonna get the uh, I'm the video right open. Oh, yep. Yeah. Wow, great. So whenever you want to introduce the panel, I'll, I already have it open. I'm ready to go. I'm just gonna fill time until you say something. I I've been waiting for you to stop talking. And now a dramatic reading from Doctor Strange number one, page one, panel one. How bad is it, Doc? And that was a dramatic reading from Doctor Strange number one, page one, panel one. I adjusted it. I don't feel like that character would say Doctor. I don't think you'd have that hesitant like. Ugh. Well, I don't know. I didn't. I, like that I didn't read the. I, like I didn't read that. the book. Like I don't know what news he just got. I just see some weird demon floating by. I'm like, he might not know about it. He might not want to hear about it. This guy in a tracksuit. He's a big. He's a big wiener dude. Fucking just got beer in my face because he made me snort <laughs> in my glass. <laughs> um, sticky. So other than Sticky. what we've been doing this whole time, what's the main topic? Oh, that was the main topic. Just like oh. talking about shit. And shit that we like, shit that we missed out on. Yeah. But yeah, that's... So I heard, I've been missing out on my board game meetup night. Yeah, even with us. I, yeah, even with you guys. So I haven't played Gloomhaven in a little bit. Haven't played any. I played some board games with Kate just because she's home and she's like, "Okay, social interaction time. Let's go." Yeah. I need it. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, I played some board games and everything, but uh, hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of business as usual for me, which is which is good. You know, honestly, it's I guess it's good because my company doesn't offer any kind of paid time off. If I had, if I actually got. Right now, if I was, like, diagnosed with corona, I would have to take personal time. Like, until I was better. Like, it's just, like, if I got sick with anything else, it doesn't matter. Like, I would just be out my time off. So, joys of working for a small company, I guess. Um, So, for me, I've been coming home. Like, I've watched some... Some fun stuff on TV, but honestly, it's not much different. So I'll let you guys go. Maybe there's some different stuff going on with you guys. Um, I've mostly just been playing computer games, which is, you know, what I like to do on my days off normally. But it's one thing to do it for, you know, a few hours on a day off. Versus all the hours on a week off. Um, and that's just the downside to just being stuck inside. Because besides, you know, maybe the hour, hour and a half that I'll spend, like, going out to the store and, like, grabbing lunch or beer to come back, I'm, I'm just stuck inside. And, you know, it gets old pretty quick. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know, once a week or once every week and a half since I work two jobs, like it's a good way to waste a day because I can justify it because it's like, Oh, I work 60 hours a week, you know, taking that one day off to sleep in and, 
play Magic the Gathering Arena or World of Warcraft. Like, it's that's fine because, you know, that's me time. But when you only have me time, it's like, oh, uh, well, I guess, I guess I can do this. And my current goal is to try to get all of my characters up to 120 in World of Warcraft because they're doing double experience. Um, and today I had a moment after I got up where I was like, well, do I want to do this? And then I was like, well, if I don't do this, I'm just going to sit around my apartment doing something else that's some bullshit and doesn't matter. So does it matter? And then I answered myself, no, it doesn't. And then I made myself a pot of coffee with uh, cinnamon toast crunch creamer, which guys, by the way, cinnamon toast crunch creamer is delicious. Um, but yeah, I was doing that up until like half an hour before we recorded. And then I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to eat a sandwich, just get something in my stomach because I have no sleep schedule. Now I was up until 5am playing magic arena. I went to bed and then I woke up at nine and then I laid around for a bit before I finally got up, made a pot of coffee. And I was like, all right, well, crack my knuckles time to knock out my dailies in magic arena again. So it's just boring. You know, it'd be good. But you you know, it'd be great mm. having me time. Cause when you have, <laughs> when you have a child, Oh yeah. You, you don't have that. I, I, yeah, I so, can't say, but it's, I miss going to work. I miss, you know, seeing people. Um, I mean, not like I'm some hermit shut in. I've been talking to people throughout this past week. Um, I started dating somebody last week, which hooray, but you know, when's a bad time to start a relationship with someone, a pandemic, a pandemic where everything's closed and then you're on lock-in. Um, uh, Chris, that's how I started dating my wife. Like I was grounded. (laughs) Like literally, you were also like 17. So I was 17 and I was grounded during my first date with Kate. (laughs) Uh, I was not allowed to leave. Yeah. Leave that uh, so I, I had my first date with Caitlin, and then she went on vacation for a week. And then when she came back, you were moving out, which you realized, because we talked for like that entire week that she was on vacation, that like, oh, it's really, it's really important that like he has this time with his best friend who's moving to Michigan. So then we had like, extra time that we were just texting and didn't have a date. Like, I think it was like three weeks between our first date and our second date. Wow. And I married her. <laughs> well, Chris, we're she, just saying, she paid for I'm saying like, there's already plans. Like next time I come up to Buffalo, she's going to come with to, to hang out, meet people. So yeah, it's wow. we're the, we're the we're the second most important people in your lives. I mean, I would say first most important people. Wow. Well, I'm the uh, third. Why? Well, I mean, I've met your mom number one. Oh, I, I lump you guys all in together because, and you guys are family, you know. Yeah, I know. And anytime we do anything, like it's it's everybody, like you know, going to yeah. oh, legit. My mom has asked about you two more <laughs> more so. Then she asks about how I'm doing. 
she'll call and be like, how are John and Chris? And I'm like, I'm doing fine, Mom. How are, how's everything? No, seriously? How are John and Chris? Like, she still kind of thinks you're a couple, which is kind of <laughs> weird. But I mean, we're, we're long distance, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are long distance. We're still together. a couple. I mean, Paul, we've been long distance for like five years. We're still making it work. What's funny is she knows John's married, but doesn't ask about John's wife. But we'll ask. She'll. She's never um, met. She's, she's never met Caitlin. Yeah, she's never met Caitlin. She'll say, "How's John and Chris?" She's met friends that I have from high school. Doesn't ask about them. Yeah, but, but we'll ask about John and Chris. Paul, you forget we're great. Yeah, we're we're the best. Always in the same breath. Yeah, yeah. Package deal. Jane, Silent Bob, yeah. John, and Chris. Yeah. So how are John and Chris? They're doing good. Chris, you know, blah blah blah. John's blah 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 blah. And Caitlin, who's that? <laughs> wife. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Grayson, who's that? John's son. Oh, that happened. All right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, stilts and buckets. Yeah, we're doing great. Stilts and buckets. Wait, that's possible now with science? No, mom. Again. John's married to Caitlin, who's a girl. Wait, did you see twins? They're not together. Yeah. <laughs> they're not married. No, John. <sighs> so, <laughs> I mean, we're married, but well, John and Chris aren't married. No, in, in a way, we are. I mean, I just cuck the shit out of Caitlin. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that could be an episode title. <laughs> it was in uh, the office. It's fine. A cuckold. Andy <laughs> describes it. Man, uh, it's, speaking of the office, I'm still going through rewatching that constantly. It's great. It's such a good show. I think Kate's made it her personal mission to like watch it three times before it goes to Peacock. I mean, end of the year. I mean, you still got like what, like eight nine months before it goes. But yeah, same thing with Parks and Rec too, right? I would assume so. Yep. I mean, that one hasn't been as publicized as The Office because that's a lot of people's like comfort food show. But yeah, I think everything's going to Peacock. Which again, they were supposed to have like the Peacock Live thing where they were talking about everything going to and announced for Peacock, but. It got canceled because of the coronavirus. Baddy fucking times, guys. It is. And that, uh, I think that'll take us into our third beer, our fourth beer, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fourth beer. Baddy times. Paul, what did you crack open? I cracked open uh, Hamburg Brewing, you know, very local. Uh, This is their No Lux, their Imperial Black IPA. Because I wanted to stay straight, you know, just doing IPAs, other than the sour that I started with that I finished before the show. 8% alcohol by volume, but man, this is a very nice, roasty, malty, rich IPA. This black is, IPA. Um, black IPA, right. Yeah, but roasty and malty yeah. IPA describes a black IPA, I believe. Mm. I think you should say black IPA. I mean, I would say, like, Founders Dooms also an IPA, and that was like nice and like malty and roasty, but that wasn't a black IPA. But also, I mean, that was brewed with coffee too. So, 
Uh, yes. I, I really enjoy this beer. It's uh, even, you know, in the craft your own uh, areas where you can just pick it up. I think it holds up. Uh, I do not see a, like, bottled on date. Oh, no, this is old. This is an 11.04.19 beer. I was going to um, say probably from November. Yep. I did find the date, but it still holds up. It's uh, really nice, rich. Malt. It is big malt. Um, but that's what I'm kind of feeling right now. Like, I'm feeling something darker, something richer. And it's kind of something to turn off the lights. And what better way than no lux? No lux is good. I mean, from what I remember, I haven't had it in probably like two or three years at this point. That was you guys remember our first uh, black IPA like battle where we just raided all of them together? I don't. Yeah, I don't. It was the what was that pirate? It was like cannibal, loose cannon uh, operated, loose cannon from whatever kind of piratey, like heavy seas no, or something. Yeah, heavy seas. Yeah, heavy seas. Heavy seas brewery. Yeah, loose cannon. That was our that was our favorite. But I would say no Lux would uh, would be up there. As well. well, I mean, until we had Excelsior, like the fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Otter Creek, Otter Creek had a great black IPA. Um, <laughs> actually, it's the uh, the Barrier Brewing Thin Man collaboration. The Every Time I Die one, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, that that black IPA was pretty good. It was oh my gosh, it wasn't the poor habit. Is that the one I just got? Yeah. I didn't realize it was a black IPA. Yeah. I would have kept it for myself. That's okay. You got the <laughs> you got the hookup. <laughs> yeah, I got the hookup for you. But I gave it to you. <laughs> you should get those for yourself. Learn your lessons. Um but yeah, it's sorry. When my when my best friend texts me like, Hey, can you get these for me? Oh, I thought about right. texting you for some of the stuff coming out from um, Thin Man. I can't, I can't remember the name of it. I'm gonna have to look it up. But they had a sour that came out that looked fantastic. Oh, the the double like the triple berry, um, Minky Boodle. It might have been. Yeah, that went that went faster than uh, I could even get a hold of it. Oof. Um, yeah, while Paul while Paul's gone, I'm going to take this moment to look up Thin Man because did you try their other uh, other half one, the Dollar Slice satellite? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't get out to get it. Gotcha. Um, oh my but gosh. I'm drinking from Sloop Brewery, their Turbo Speed, and this is a six percent IPA. With flaked oats, flaked wheat, sabaro, and cashmere hops. And I probably would have really liked this beer if I wasn't following the dare to know. Um, this has more of a floralness to it. It's really sharp on the tongue after having that really deep grapefruit beer. Um, it has a really nice buttery mouthfeel. And it's very good. But even, like, I have maybe three sips left in my glass, and it still is very, like, sharp on my tongue because I'm still 
I'm still going after that grapefruit that I had previous in my previous beer. It is good, um, and it's nice, but because of that beer I had before it, it's just really like I haven't been able to switch gears on my tongue. Uh, I'm I'm actually in a good spot right now because going from the humble pie to my next beer, which is a now always available beer from Founders, the Backwoods Bastard. Just that like tartness, I can still I kind of have those pins in my tongue, but man, that Backwoods Bastard, just like that nice vanilla, kind of chases away so well. Um, and it was called Mecha Boodle. Yeah, Mecha Boodle. Yeah. Oh, that just sounds great. Um, uh, yeah. Did I? Did I? Did we talk about the French toast backwards bastard? I don't think so. I didn't have that. Yeah, it was only in draft only. Um, I hear it was delicious. I didn't get around to just, when it was in our area. I didn't get get a chance to get out and get it. I'm guessing just backwards bastard, aged in like maple barrels or something. With like cinnamon, I think. I mean, that sounds great. I would, I would drink that. I'd probably drink a lot of that if it was available to me. Um, yeah. Well, I saw. I can't remember what they were calling it, but they were doing like an offshoot of Masagabe that I was interested in. Oh, this summer you'll get a. I think a, it's a grapefruit ma- yeah, Masagabe. That's what it is. Yeah. Again, Masagabe, fantastic beer. Like I would. I would drink a lot more of that if it was constantly available. Yeah. No, um, that'll be out. Um, both of them will be out, like, the summer. And then um, they have a new IPA called Unraveled IPA, which is pretty good. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I've never played that game, Unraveled. I heard it's good, though. Paul's back. Paul, yeah, Paul's been back. He's been quiet. Um, it's a game where you play like a little ball of yarn, and you have to un- like ravel yourself to get through the level. But if you over ravel yourself, you lose. It's supposedly fun. It looked cool. Look good. So I'm just going back through the combo news of the past uh, few days to see if there's anything that kind of missed out on that maybe bears note, but. There hasn't been a lot of news just because so much stuff is shut down. Like, all the news has literally just been like, oh, you know, suspending suspending production. Oh, yeah. Production delay. Well, there was one thing that we didn't talk about that was announced that I'm excited about, but Chris, you're Star Wars out. No, go ahead. High Republic. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. No, that's different. Like, like uh, right now, uh, before we, I went down to visit Chris, we all went down to visit Chris. Like, literally. Everybody involved with the Magnum Boardcast went down to visit Chris. Uh, I, I bought the book and downloaded the book uh, ABC Squadron from Star Wars, which was their tie-in novel, their actual you know novel that was supposed to tie into the comic book series of... Uh, Shadow, uh, no, not Shadow Squadron. I cannot remember the name. Was it Shadow Squadron? Rogue Squadron? It was a, 
It was a comic book series about the TIE Fighter uh, Squadron that I think I bought one or two issues of. I think maybe it was Shadow Squadron. And I'm just remembering the name of it. Um, But it was this Del Rey slash Marvel Comics like crossover kind of thing uh, that was going on. And then all of a sudden, just a couple weeks ago, they announced like that kind of crossover, but more extreme. Like, the Del Rey, Marvel Comics, uh... Is it also their animation studio? Um, well, this is all just through the publishing division. Um, oh. Yeah, the higher public. It was originally being planned under the name Project Luminous. Um, but this takes place uh, 200 years before Phantom Menace, and it's basically the Jedi in their prime. Like, this is the Jedi... Being, you know, the guardians of peace and justice throughout the universe, not checking up on trade routes and that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember who it was that said it, but it was like one of the writers behind it, or it might have been like the head of like Star Wars Publishing's division. Um, that was like, he's like saying, like, no, this is where you see the Jedi setting themselves up to fail. Like, this is them at their height, which is what's leading them to fall. And I feel like, yeah, it was Shadow Squadron. Was it Shadow Squadron? There was a comic book series that was, that was published, and so it seems like an even more interlocked, like, way, a way to tell awesome Star Wars stories all together. Uh, right now I'm reading uh, the Alphabet Squadron book from Del Rey. Um, I'm about one-third of the way through, and it's about the team coming together, and the team's not quite together yet. I don't know. I, it's like something about novel novels that doesn't really lock down that um, piloting like emotion for me. Like um. They talk about Oh, the silt gets into the engine and it screams in pain, and it's and I try to make a hard bank right, and I feel the whole ship fight against me as I turn as I pull on my uh, control, and it's like yeah, you know, it doesn't uh, I, evoke the emotion so, of flying. Uh, it's uh, considered to be legends now, but. Star Wars X-Wing, the Back to War series of books was mm-hmm. basically like the Rogue Squadron equivalent of that, but they were really well done. Like, um, it focused on like, uh, Wes Antilles and like his squad, like trade routes and shit, but it was better. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, out of Star Wars, I never felt myself as a Jedi. I never thought that I would be, like, that person. But I'm like, man, I would hope that I would be a cool pilot, at least. Like, you know, maybe not a wedge, but somebody in his, you know, group. Maybe, like, a red, like, 20. (laughs) Anyone other than five, yes. Yeah, yeah, never red five. Uh so that's who I've always pictured myself as in the Star Wars universe, like somebody that 
I always wanted to be an A-Wing pilot. I thought A-Wing pilots were the coolest ever since I saw the guy go cosmic-kazi, like, uh, spiraling into the, you know, the, the, uh, command, the center of the uh, Superstar Destroyer and just, like, bringing it down. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, A-Wings, they're the best. Every time I get to, uh, play a video game and I get to chase, choose ship, I'm picking an A-Wing. So I picked, so I started reading, uh, this, this new book because it's in canon, it's not Legends, and it's just kind of letting me down. I'm only 140 pages in out of 400 and like maybe 40 pages. So take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it gets better. But man, it's just kind of slow and I just don't get the feel of being a pilot, you know, with, uh, what, the, what they're saying here. Mm-hmm. Well, are there any books that make you feel like being a child wizard that we, we could probably talk yeah. about in another podcast? That let's, but I'm saying, let's schedule it for like, you know, some point within the next week. Let's start recording that. Yeah. I got, I got nothing going on. I have no excuses. Tell me when and I'll we'll, be there. We'll discuss after. But yeah, guys, word books with friends. We're going to do it. <clears throat> I haven't found it. I got to pick a. I haven't found any of We gotta pick a. We gotta pick a book we can all agree on. Harry Potter, man. Well, we've already read all of those. Yeah, read them again. Did you not go back and reread Harry Potter? Because there was a time where I was going back through, like, and every September 1st, I would start reading the next book in the series. I only did it up until, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. <clears throat> Prisoner's Prisoner's good, but it's just like with work at the time, it was just a lot to try to get through it. So I didn't finish it. And then by the time uh, next September rolled around, I had a certain goblet. I was like, well, I can't do this because I didn't finish the last one. All I know is that's not weird because I keep on playing Mass Effect. You're still playing Mass Effect? You're so. I, I went back. Of course, I went back. And start playing it. I always have a save file ready to go. Um, so one of and when I saw that whole like bullshit about like ninety seven percent of people play Paragon, I'm like, yes, uh, yeah, I saw that. so seriously, I'm the three percent that went Renegade. But yeah, how many playthroughs did you like do before you got to Renegade? No, no, I always do Renegade first. Oh, okay. Well, I always do like who I would be, which is kind of a balance. And I guess it turned out, but I feel like in Mass Effect three. Since I decided to like destroy, kill everything, you know, like sacrifice myself, like like that's more renegade. I oh, John's just falling asleep now. <laughs> oh, did you hear me sigh? I did. <laughs> uh, like I feel like that was the renegade option, but then I go through after I play who what what I would actually pick myself like. Overall, which is like not even paying attention, right? Negate or Paragon. Then I go through and just like let's be as evil as possible. That's my second playthrough, and then my third playthrough is like, oh, let's play the opposite of that. So save everyone. Yeah. So even in Bioware games, like Sith, I go Sith so hard on. All those games, so you know. John, wake up. What? Hmm? Talk. 
say something. Hmm? I don't know. Free scoops? Free scoops? On my birthday. Has anybody been through Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the new season? Se- uh, yeah, season? I finished it. Uh, so what I was doing is I would watch two episodes of Sabrina, and then I would go to an episode of The Witcher. Because I kind of slept on that for a while. but um, It's not a good show. I enjoy Which Sabrina. Witcher is fantastic. Um, I watched I watched all of Sabrina. I liked it, but even as I'm watching, I'm like, "This is dumb. This is dumb." <laughs> oh, now I got to watch an episode of Witcher before I can watch the next one. And then as soon as I get into the next, one, I'm like, "This is dumb." But I, it's not good, but it's entertaining, I guess. Just like in that kind of train wreck way. I haven't watched any of Riverdale, but from what people have told me, like, oh no, that's what Riverdale's like. That's just what, like, that, you know, quote-unquote, like, show universe does. Like, it's, you want to see what happens, but you don't have to. You just kind of, like, oh, well, there's nothing else to watch. I might as well do this. I wish they had kept it more of, like, the Monster of the Week like they did with the first season. Yeah, I agree. Like, did you watch the last season? I started it, and I told Caitlin she can watch it without me, and then I've walked in on different things. and Like, there's things like, that happen in the season that I'm like, okay, like, this could be cool, but then it does such a half-assed way of getting to it or resolving it that I'm like, oh, you, you had potential here, like, you could have told a really good story, but you took such the easy way out with it that my like the big thing that got me about this season is like anytime they come up against something, you can literally just like, oh well, we don't know what to do. And like you can count down on your hands like five, four, three, two. Oh, Ambrose walks into the kitchen with a book that's like, oh cousin, I was just reading about this. Could this help? And it's like, yes, that's exactly what we're looking for. And, like, so much of the season is, like, centered on her, like, trying to gain, like, the raiments of hell to basically become, like, the crowned queen of the Netherrealm. It's like, nobody knows where the raiment is. It's three pieces. Nobody's seen them in thousands of years until you just happen to be like, hey, do you know where this is? And then it's like, Sally's side character is like, oh, yes, you can find it right here. I've always, I've always known. Nobody's asked me. It's that's what I was afraid of because I've seen that first, the first episode where it's like she actually goes after one of those like MacGuffins, and I'm like, oh really? Is that like you just asked Ambrose and Ambrose? That's that's the rest of the season. Like you can literally set your watch (sighs) by it. But I was like, oh cool, we're bringing in the old gods, like. Ooh, it's the old gods versus the Salem witches. It's like, all right, this might be Well, cool. and that's the thing. Like, the stuff that's interesting in the season is them kind of going up against, like, the like the pagan cult. And, like, yeah. their gods just, like, superseding, like, the witches' gods. And it's, like, them shutting them down. Like, that's interesting. Um, also, there's a lot of her cousin Ambrose with one of the weird sisters, um trying to hunt down her father. 
really cool. Like fun. awesome, like globe charting adventure, like them trying to find like Father Blackwell. Mm-hmm. But they fall and find him in like episode yeah. two or three. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's like, like trying to stop the old gods from showing up by doing something weird. Well, it seemed like pledging uh, to them at that point, then, and like getting like a different like MacGuffin that then comes back later at the end of the series. Like, there's like those little glimmers of like, okay, this is going to be interesting, and then like they. They cash it in right at the end of the episode. So they're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I felt like the one episode where they actually journey into hell, it's like, oh, this is just the Wizard of Oz in there. Yeah. Mind. Oh, no, yeah. No episode. But see, it wasn't even like a thinly veiled version of it because it's like, oh, we have a yeah. Tin Woodsman. Like, yep. It, yeah. They made no effort to be, make it anything more than it is. And I was like, and it's not even to the point okay. where it's like, you. You pick up on it, it's like you see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm disappointed and and I haven't watched it. Like I've seen a few episodes of it and I'm like, okay, cool, and then I'm like, I just don't care. Like I was cool with it ending with the previous season. I'm like, okay, cool. It's done. Satan is locked away in hell. Well, I was hoping it would get back to what I liked about the first season, and it never did. Which was, what did you like about the first season? Just that, that like, I'm a teenage witch. Oh, I'm fun with my friends. There's something happening. I'll try to fix it. It might screw up, but I'll do my best. And, like, the second season was so bogged down with Lucifer coming, and it got away from... Like, it got away from, like, what was fun about the first season, and then this season just was like, Ugh. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot more of that in, this, like, the third season, too, where it's like, Sabrina's just kind of inept when it comes to anything, and it's just dependent on everyone else around her to kind of to get through that. Like, Sabrina makes all of the choices that I would not want to make. Like, she's like, I'm going to do it because I'm going to find my own way. I'm like, no, just do what you need to do. Like, just get it done. And she's like, I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to figure it out. And it's like, no, just do it. Well, all I'm going to do it because I love Harvey. All this being said, though, season four comes out on Netflix. I'm going to fucking watch it because I'm trash. I- like, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. There's not enough other stuff coming out on Netflix right now that I'm like invested in. So, mm-hmm. Kate and I tried to sit down and watch The Witcher, and Kate was like, "I don't." I, she was like, "I don't know what that was. What bullshit was that?" She's like, uh, "I mean, but that's kind of the hook of The Witcher because you don't know what that bullshit is, because- but it's such fucking cool bullshit." You're like, yeah, give me more like Henry Cavill doing this shit because it, it it works really well. It gives you nothing to latch on to. Like, I played the first video game, you know, maybe three, four, five hours into it, and I'm like, even for me, I was like, Ooh, I know a little bit about this, but there is nothing because Henry Cavill, like his character, 
like there's no, he's like the Mandalorian in the first couple of episodes. Like he has like a couple lines and that's it. Like there's nothing to latch onto on that character. By the end of it, you'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we watched the first episode in case like nope, no more. See, I, and I'm like, all right. I know it's so well done, and like once you kind of get into the hook of the character, and then just the world happening around him, it's it's really good. It's really well done. The production value on it's fantastic too. Like it. It looks better than most Netflix shows do, I think. Looks better than most shows that are on TV. No, I... Kate was actually hooked by the first episode of Mandalorian. So. But also, she watched, like, would walk in and see snippets of The Mandalorian when I watched it originally, so I don't really know if she's, like, actually hooked by it, or she saw Rise of Skywalker... Is now more interested in Star Wars, and she's like, "Oh, I'll give it a try." So, you know, but the Witcher, no. If there's something that you think we should watch while we're in exile in our <laughs> homes during this pandemic, let us know. There's a comic book that Chris should pick up and read. Let him know because if he likes it, he'll let us know that we should read it. And uh, rate, review us wherever you listen to us. It helps other people find the show. And uh, hey, guys, enjoy your pandemic.